Could a secret letter hold the key to the Trump-Kim nuclear summit? Plus, why is, the, why is Donald Trump attacking some of America's closest allies? And the president goes full Oprah with his pardoning power. This is the State of America tonight. Hello, everyone. I'm Kate Baldwin, live in New York. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America tonight. For Clint Eastwood, the good, the bad, and the ugly was the movie that launched him into stardom. For President Trump, that same phrase pretty much encapsulates everything the president is facing right now, save the awesome Western outfits and costumes, including North Korea and the mysterious case of the dueling letters. This time last week, we were talking about Donald Trump's letter to Kim Jong-un canceling their nuclear summit. This week, it is all about another letter, possibly a makeup letter following the breakup letter. Who knows? This time it comes from Kim to Trump. And it was hand delivered today by Kim Young Chol, the North Korea the North Korean leader's former spy chief. There have not been many letters like this in the past, but the ones that I've seen that were addressed to previous US presidents are very general. I expect the purpose of the letter is to reassure President Trump that he should go ahead with the summit meeting on June 12th and that at the meeting Kim Jong-un would be willing to commit in a general way to denuclearization. It is important to note, though, this envoy for the North Korean leader really shouldn't be anywhere near the White House. He shouldn't even be able to get into the country since he's on a sanctions list that bars him from entering, which he had to be issued a waiver to, in order for it to allow him to come in. And Kim, Kim Young-chol clearly, though, is in, and he's got mail, and that could be the good. They're talking. The bad? It might be more about theater. I think we should call this what, the, what it is. This is theater. There is no reason why a spy master exactly. needs to hand carry a letter to the White House to give to the president. This isn't the dark ages. And at, le and at least one former CIA director says, while it may be hard to understand the letter or pretty much anything else going on in the mind of North Korean, North Korean officials, one thing is clear. They still aren't giving up their nukes. When I was in government, North Korea was probably the most difficult target to penetrate as far as getting the insights into what Kim Jong-un and others are planning and thinking. But the North Koreans, I think, will uh, want to uh, have this uh, uh, summit, but uh, I and many others believe that they have no intention at this point of denuclearizing. And that, my friends, is the ugly. But there's more good out there, like the new jobs report. The good is the unemployment rate, now sitting at its lowest rate in nearly 50 years. And more jobs were added last month than was originally forecast. We have reached yet one more historic milestone with 3.8 percent unemployment just announced and another all-time record low African-American unemployment, Hispanic unemployment at an all-time low in history. That was the president today, happy to tout his belief in the numbers, but that has definitely not always been the case for Donald Trump. The unemployment number, as you know, is totally fiction. Don't believe those phony numbers. Such a phony number. That number was put in for presidents and for politicians so that they look good to the people. So a big reversal there and a big reversal here, leading us to the bad and the ugly. The president hitting the good report, hinting the good report was on its way this morning in an early tweet like this. Looking forward to seeing the employment numbers at 830 this morning. 
A pretty simple line, but here's why it's a problem. Presidents don't do that, plain and simple. They don't forecast the, the, the report one way or another. They actually don't say a word about any big economic report ahead of time in order to avoid impacting the markets before they open. There is a 1985 rule that prevents federal employees from commenting on these jobs reports until an hour after they have already been released. The president gets a heads up about these reports. Typically, uh, we can't say for sure that he did here, but clearly he was anticipating some very good news in this report. And that's important because the data in these reports that come out on a monthly basis can really affect what's happening on Wall Street. Trump's chief economic advisor says he did give the president a heads up about the numbers, but does not think the president did anything wrong. His tweet basically said, like everybody else, we wait the job numbers. You can read into that 10 different things if you want to read into it. I don't think he gave anything away, incidentally. And I think this is all according to routine. All right, we're going to now bust in because we want to take you live to the White House right now. After about an hour, over an hour, meeting with the North Korean former spy chief, former spy chief, President Trump is outside right now likely just right outside the Oval Office, which is right near the Rose Garden, if I've got my White House geography correct from what I can see here, following up on that meeting. You saw Secretary of State Mike Pompeo right over his shoulder. The President of the United States now walking out. Talk about a reception for the North Korean official. I want to watch this with you, as it looks like the President is walking him back to his SUV. Jeremy Diamond is at the White House. He's going to join me now. Jeremy, let's watch this together. But tell me a little bit about what we're watching play out. Yeah, I mean, this is really a stunning sight. Uh, This is the president of the United States with the, uh, you know, one of the highest ranking North Korean officials at the White House just steps outside the Oval Office where they just spent more than an hour together meeting, discussing the potential for this summit uh, between the president and Kim Jong-un. Uh, and, and now there was some question about whether or not they would allow the press to come into the Oval Office to have a, a photo spray, as we call it, with the two, le- two men uh, sitting next to each other in the Oval. That would have been a stunning sight. It appears that they've decided not to do that and instead to have the visual of the president and this very senior North Korean official be outside of the Oval Office, uh, just outside there that's on the south lawn of the White House. Um, That's important to keep in mind here because there has been some criticism of this White House that they are giving the North Koreans too much on the optics front, uh, giving them too much on the world stage and, and a prominence that they really have only been able to achieve since President Trump accepted this invitation for a summit with Kim Jong-un. So it is notable to see them out on the south lawn there of the White House, not inside the Oval Office. Uh, But we know also that the reason why this North Korean official was there uh, was to deliver a letter from Kim Jong-un to President Trump, uh, a response supposedly to the letter that that President Trump issued last week when he initially canceled that summit with Kim Jong-un. Now, of course, we know that it is back on the table. Uh, Officials are working to try and, you know, uh, narrow the gap on the issues on the logistics front to see if they can actually make this June 12th meeting happen. So this meeting between the president uh, and and this senior North Korean official is really uh, critical, of course, to the success and the possibility of that summit actually happening. I don't think we can overstate what the, the historic nature of what we're looking at right now. President Trump in no way needed to have 
Kim Young-chul into the White House or into the Oval Office to get this letter delivered and definitely did not need to walk out where he knows is in full view of the cameras to do this and now standing for a photo opportunity. This is the kind of reception that is left for world leaders like allies of the United States. Absolutely. I mean, you know, just a couple of months ago, uh, the president was standing almost in that exact same spot with the French president, Emmanuel Macron. Uh, They were also walking there together on the South Lawn of the White House. Again, I do think it's important to know that it is not happening inside the Oval Office. That is not, that is perhaps the photo op that the North Koreans would have liked to have. Or again, remember, this is North Korea's former top spy chief. Uh, So uh, still notable, though, to see them together there. Maybe they'll take questions from the press, something that, of course, the North Koreans do not do, Kate. Still, I I hear you that it's not in the Oval Office, but this is the type of reception that exactly what you're saying. (laughs) Leaders of nations that are the most friendly to the United States get. Leaders of nations that are just, that are far more friendly than North Korea don't even get this kind of reception quite often. You don't get a photo op and you don't have them standing in full view of the cameras as they're standing there. Jeremy, do we have any hint, any reporting what came in that letter? We don't know too much about what was in that letter, but uh, you, because that letter was sealed until it was actually delivered to President Trump. But U.S. officials who were briefed on the contents of the letter uh, described it generally as being positive, a positive step uh, in the direction of diplomacy and the direction of having this summit between uh, President Trump and Kim Jong-un. And we're seeing the president now appearing to uh, wave goodbye to uh, the North Korean leader Kim Jong-chol, who is getting back into his SUV. You see the president there standing alongside uh, the Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Uh, Also key that he is there because, of course, he has the closest working relationship with the North Koreans. He's been to Pyongyang twice now at this point. Uh, He's met Kim Jong-un both of those times. And he's also met Kim Yong-chol, the official uh, in who is at the White House right now uh, when he was in New York um, just a couple of days ago. And now you see Kim Yong-chol there, the North Mr. Korean leader, rolling away. Let's listen in, Jerry. Uh, in the we're press we're we're sure we're live here. You can come out this way. We'll be uh, meeting on June 12th in Singapore. It went very well. It's really a get-to-know-you kind of a situation. Uh, Mike has spent two days... Uh, doing this. We've gotten to know their people very well, and we will. You people are going to have to travel because you'll be in Singapore on June 12th. Uh, And I think it'll be a process. It's not, I I never said it goes in one meeting. I think it's going to be a process. But the relationships are building, and that's a very positive thing. Mr. President, what's your sense of what the North Koreans are willing to do on the issue of denuclearization? Are they well? I I think they want to do that. I don't. I know they want to do that. They want other things uh, along the line. They want to develop as a country. Uh, That's going to happen. I have no doubt. Uh, Japan is involved, as you know, and South Korea is very much involved. Uh, we're involved in terms of getting everything. Everybody wants the United States, so we're going to help in the process very much. Without us, it wouldn't happen. But I think that uh, you see a lot of very positive things, including with China. I think you see a lot of very positive things happening with President Xi, who has uh, helped me quite a bit with this. So we'll see where it leads. But we're going to be June 12th. We'll be in Singapore. Uh, it'll be a beginning. I don't say, and I've never said it happens in one meeting. You're talking about years of hostility, years of problems, years of really hatred between so many different nations. But I think uh, you're going to have a very positive result 
in the end, not from one meeting. You appear to question your you appear to question their sincerity in your letter to Kim Jong Un last week. Have they gone far enough now? Well, they, don't they, forget, they, my, my letter was a response to their letter. The media forgot that. You know, the media said, oh, you had a meeting, then you canceled. I didn't cancel the meeting. I canceled it in response to a very tough statement. Uh, and I think we're over that, totally over that. And now we're uh, going to deal and we're going to really start a process. We're meeting with the chairman on uh, June 12th. And I think it's probably going to be a very successful, ultimately a successful process. We'll see. Remember what I say. We will see what we will see. But I think it's going to be a process that we deserve to have. I mean, we really deserve. They, they want it. We think it's important. And I think we would be making a big mistake if we didn't have it. I think we're going to have a relationship. And it'll start on June 12th. What can you get done in, in one meeting? What can you get done on, Ju on June 12th? Well, this was a very good meeting. Don't forget, this was a meeting uh, where a letter was given to me by Kim Jong-un. And that letter was uh, a very nice letter. Oh, would you like to see what was in that letter? Would you like How much? How much? How much? Uh, it was a very interesting letter, and at some point, I may be, it may be appropriate, and maybe I'll be able to give it to you. Maybe you'll be able to see it, and maybe fairly soon. But uh, really, this was a letter presentation that ended up being a two-hour conversation. Why did it end up going so long? Because we found we found the whole subject matter very interesting, and because I really think they want to do something, and if it's possible, so do we. What did he ask? I think all we're going to do is be there on June 12th, and we're going to see what happens. Mike has been dealing very well. Uh, they have a very good relationship with Mike Pompeo, our Secretary of State. Uh, it was actually very interesting because this was literally going to be the delivery of a letter, and it ended up being a two-hour conversation with, uh, with the second most powerful man in North Korea. We talked about almost everything. We talked about a lot. And we talked about sanctions. Did they agree with Kim Jong-un? I don't want to say We talked about a lot of things. We really did. But the big, the big deal will be on, uh, on June 12th. And again, it's a process. It doesn't go, we're not going to sign a we're not going to go in and sign something on June 12th. We never were. We're going to start a process. And I told them today, take your time. You can go fast. We can go slowly. But uh, I think they'd like to see something happen. And if we can work that out, that'd be good. But the process will begin on June 12th in Singapore. Do you believe Kim is committed to denuclearization? Yeah, I do think so. He'd like to see it happen. He just wants to be careful. He wants to be, uh, you know, he's not going to run and do things. but. Uh, I told them, to be honest with you, look, we have sanctions on. They're very powerful sanctions. Uh, we would not take sanctions off unless they do that. But the sanctions are very powerful. You've seen how powerful in other ways. You're going to see how powerful sanctions are when it comes to Iran. You see what that's doing to Iran. So we have sanctions on. And uh, at a certain point, I'll tell you what, I look forward to the day when I can take the sanctions off of North Korea. Can you talk about human rights today? Do you expect to talk about We did about not it talk on, about human rights. Do you expect to talk about it on June 12? Could be, yeah, could be. I, I think we probably will, and maybe in great detail. We did not talk about human rights. Did you talk about sanctions? Did they ask? Yeah, we did. We talked about Yes, they asked about sanctions. 
Excuse me? Maximum pressure or it's, it's going to remain what it is now. I, I don't even want to use the term maximum pressure anymore because I don't want to use that term. Because we're getting along. You see the relationship. We're getting along. So it's not a question of maximum pressure. It's staying essentially the way it is. At some point, hopefully, a deal for the good of millions of people, a deal will be worked out. Mr. President, how would you describe the state of relations now between the United States and North Korea after your meetings? Well, I think they're okay. I mean, I think they're good. Is it uh, like the relationships we have with a couple of other countries? Probably not, right? But I think the relationship we have right now with North Korea is uh, as good as it's been in a long time. They had no relationship under the previous administration. There was, there was nothing. It was nothing. They were exploiting. It was just a nothing. Nothing was done. Hey, folks, this should not be up to me. This should have been handled a long time ago. This got to a very critical point. This should have been handled many years ago, not only by President Obama, but by other presidents that preceded me. This shouldn't be done now. This should have been done years ago. You had to offer uh, the North Koreans economic aid. Well, what's going to happen is South Korea will do that. No, I don't think the United States is going to have to spend. I think South Korea will do it. I think China, I think, frankly, China will help out. I think that uh, Japan will help out. No, I don't see the United States spending a lot of money. You know, uh, we have three hostages. How much money did I spend for the hostages? And look, we're very far away. We are very far away. Those places are very close. That's their neighborhood. We're thousands, we're 6,000 miles away. So I've already told South Korea, I said, you know, you're going to have to get ready, and Japan also. And I think they really want to see something great happen. Japan does, South Korea does, and I think China does. But that's their neighborhood. It's not our neighborhood. Yesterday you were concerned, yesterday you were concerned about the meeting that Lavrov was having with Kim Jong-un. Yeah, I didn't where, like it. Where are you on that today? I didn't like it, but it could be very positive, too. I didn't like the Russian meeting yesterday. I said, what's the purpose of that? But. It could be a positive meeting. If it's a positive meeting, I love it. If it's a negative meeting, I'm not happy. And it could very well be a positive meeting. Well, we could, that could happen. That could happen. We talked about it. We talked about ending the war. And, you know, this war has been going on, it's got to be the longest war, almost 70 years, right? And there is a possibility something like that. That's more of a signing of a document that it's very important in one way. Historically, it's very important. Uh, but we'll see. We did discuss that, the ending of the Korean War. Can you believe that we're talking about the ending of the Korean War? You're talking about 70 years. Well, we're going to uh, discuss it prior to the meeting. That's something that could come out of the meeting. I think, really, that's something that maybe could come out of the meeting. Where's China on uh, I think China would like to see a very positive result. I have a lot of good relations with, as you know, Chairman Xi. Uh, he's a great, he's really a very wonderful guy. He's a man that loves China. However, he wants to do what's best for China. I think China and President Xi would love to see something happen here. When you say you're going to guarantee Kim's security and the North Korean regime's security, how will you do that? How will the United States? Well, we're going to make sure it's secure. We're going to make sure when this is over, it's over. It's not going to be starting up again. And they have a potential to be a great country. And I think South Korea is going to help a lot. Japan's going to help a lot. I think China's going to help a lot. How do you envision that one? 
Well, that's a very complicated question, frankly, but you'll see that over a period of time. When you, gave, when you gave your speech in Seoul last November, you talked about the bright promise of North Korea should it choose to join yeah. the company of nations. But yeah. if you leave Kim in place, can you really have a transformation? I really think you can, and I think it's going to be very successful. They're incredible people. I think it's going to be a very great success. So we'll see what happens. But we'll see you, we will see you on June 12th, but I'm sure we'll see you a little bit before that. In the meantime, how is Sarah doing, okay? The which one? I told them, I think you're going to have probably others. Hey, wouldn't it be wonderful if we walked out and everything was settled all of a sudden from sitting down for a couple of hours? I don't see that happening, but I see over a period of time. And frankly, I said, take your time. Take your time. It's going to remain as is. But take your time. One thing I did do, and it was very important, we had hundreds of new sanctions ready to go on. And he did not, the director did not ask, but I said, I'm not going to put them on until such time as the talks break down. We have very significant sanctions on now, but we had hundreds, we have hundreds that are ready to go. But I said, I'm not going to, but why would I do that when we're talking so nicely? So. More of a personal diplomacy, part of your, your getting to know you. I think it's a uh, getting to know you meeting plus, and that can be a very positive thing. President, what was your response to the letter? Did you send anything back? Uh, no, I didn't. I haven't seen the letter yet. I purposely didn't open the letter. I haven't opened it. I didn't open it in front of the director. I said, "Would you want me to open it?" He said, "You can read it later." I may be in for a big surprise, folks. <laughs> So long, everybody. What's the next move on NAFTA, sir? Well, NAFTA, look, it's been a terrible deal for the United States. People are starting to see it. We lose over $100 billion a year with Mexico. We lose many, many, many billions of dollars with Canada. Canada doesn't take, I mean, they're very restrictive as to taking our agricultural product uh, and other things. And, you know, all of these countries, including the European Union, they charge five times the tariff. We don't charge tariffs, essentially. They charge five times what we charge for tariffs. And I believe in the word reciprocal. You're going to charge five times, we're going to charge five times. That hasn't been done. No other president ever brought it up. And it's going to be done now. So uh, we're negotiating numerous deals. We're talking about NAFTA. To be honest with you, I wouldn't see NAFTA. I wouldn't mind seeing NAFTA, where you'd go by a different name, where you make a separate deal with Canada and a separate deal with Mexico, because you're talking about a very different two countries. But I wouldn't mind seeing a separate deal with Canada, where you have one type of product, so to speak, and a separate deal with Mexico. These are two very different countries. It's been a lousy deal for the United States from day one. We lose a lot of money with Canada, and we lose a fortune with Mexico. And it's not going to happen like that anymore. I mean, Mexico has taken our car companies, a big percentage of them. And we can't do that. And look, the American worker agrees with me. Obviously, the stock market agrees, because when you look at what's going on with the stocks, they're starting to see I'm right. But if you take the European Union and you see the kind of tariff they charge, and then we don't, that's called not fair trade. I want fair trade. I like free trade, but I want fair trade. At a minimum, I want fair trade. And we're going to have it for our workers and for our companies. And you know what? The other side understands it. To be honest with you, they cannot believe 
that they've gotten away with this for so many decades. Canada and the UK, some of our closest allies, are complaining long and loud about these new tariffs. What do you say to them? They're our allies, but they take advantage of us economically. And so I agree. I love Canada. I love Mexico. I love them. But Mexico's making over $100 billion a year. And they're not helping us with our border because they have strong laws and we have horrible laws. We have horrible border laws. They have strong. They could solve our border problem if they wanted, but they don't want to. And when they want to, then I'll be happy. But I think we have a good chance of doing some great trade deals that will make America great again, right? That's what we're doing. But America has picked up, we've made about $8 trillion in value since. You know, we're double the size of the economy of China. We picked up a lot of value, a lot of wealth since I've been president. More than $8 trillion. And that's a very low number because we're talking stock market wealth. I'm talking about beyond that. Uh, our companies are doing great. We're doing great. Our military is rebuilding. We have a lot of great things going. We're going to straighten out trade. The trade is going to be easy. And other countries understand. You know, when, they, when I talk to them, they look at me. And this is in closed doors, not for you people. And they essentially say, we can't believe we've gotten away with this for so long. It's like you guys can't believe you've gotten away with it. What's on the agenda for Camp I want everyone to watch because I'll tell you what, this we have such a great we have such a great country right now at this level. I don't think we've ever been on an economic scale. You look at the numbers, 3.8%. We have the lowest numbers of unemployment that we've had. Is it 50 years? I think it's 50, 50 years, right? So we have the best, we have some of the best economic numbers we've ever had as a nation. And that goes a long way. And we're building something very special. Just remember, we're twice the size, our economy, twice the size of China. Good meeting today. I think it's a great start. What's on the agenda for Ted David? Just a little relaxation, a lot of work. Uh, we have a lot of calls set up. I'm calling a lot of the foreign leaders. I'm negotiating trade deals. Uh, I'm working. I'm working hard for you people. Have a good time. Thank you. All right, there you have it. There you have it. President Trump coming out of that something like two-hour meeting with the North Korean former spy chief Kim Young-chol with a lot of news. The nuclear summit, it's on. June 12th, Singapore. We will see you there. The president has received the letter from Kim Jong-un. Has he read it? I'm not entirely sure. At, some, at one point, he said it was a very nice letter. At another point, he said he has, had not opened it yet. But very, he thinks there's going to be a very positive result in the end. We have all of 20 seconds with my panel here. Everyone, <laughs> Joe Lockhart, give me a final take. I, I don't I, I'm not surprised that it's going to be on. Both sides really want this now for political Jason, reasons. Jason, has he read the letter? Of course he's read the letter. He's demonstrated progress. He re- reset expectations. And the main thing here, uh, these sanctions are working. Kaylin, Kaylin Evan, you look fabulous today. Thank you. <laughs> Happy Thank you. Thank you all for being here. That is the State of America tonight. Woo! What a doozy way to the end of the, end of the week. We'll see you back here next week.
Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.